You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. coaches and welcome to episode 42 of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Today we are talking building morale as a coach and we are especially talking about building morale as a coach when you have teachers who are teaching virtually. So in some cases our schools have opened up um, and kids are, are learning in person and teachers are teaching in person. In some cases, we still have entire campuses that are remote. And in some cases, we have schools that have kind of a blend. Some teachers are teaching in person or they are teaching online or both. Um, they have other teachers who are have kids that are in their own classrooms that are learning virtually as well as learning in person, which is a really fun and exciting <laughs> opportunity to learn a whole lot of new things, I guess, is one way to look at that. Um, but either way, the amount of contact we can have with people is kind of limited. And in many parts of the country, it's probably best to kind of keep your distance. And so we are not having a lot of maybe the events that we would usually have, those fun events that we could put together, like cookie exchanges and things like that, where people could get together and share things and talk and laugh. And that has made building morale, a really special challenge this year. Um, it has been especially hard for coaches to support teachers through this difficult time. I know I've spoken to several teachers who said that the second week of school they spent most of their time just consoling crying teachers because teachers are so overwhelmed with all of these responsibilities and changing expectations and just so many things that have made their jobs almost undoable in some cases. So I think that Coaches are used to trying build, to build morale in teachers. They are used to working towards that goal as a community and kind of trying to support their teachers in terms of, of mental health, uh, health and mental wellness. But it's become extra difficult this year because we're not able to do so many of the things that we would do in the past. Giving hugs, for example, might not be the best idea depending on your, you know, your situation and your location. Um, dropping off trinkets in the classroom or little gifties or treats might not be something you can do depending on where you are. So I'm going to talk about six things that you can do to build morale in this episode because I believe that we really want to support teachers, but sometimes we're just stuck and we don't even know what else to do. So the first thing I want to do is kind of define what morale is. And I actually looked it up. I, I Googled it. <laughs> Isn't that the only way we look things up now? <laughs> I Googled it and morale, technically the definition is the state of the spirits of a person or a group as exhibited by confidence, cheerfulness, discipline, and willingness to perform assigned tasks. And I think that that is a pretty reasonable uh, representation of what morale is. Whenever people are feeling really frustrated or overwhelmed, they are not confident in their work or their abilities. They are not cheerful in doing their work because they just feel like it's futile and frustrating and nothing is working out. Um, and they often do not want to take on more tasks whenever they're feeling terrible about the tasks that they're already working on. And that's understandable. So one of the things that we do as coaches is work against uh, actually creating this negative environment. We work towards building a really positive environment and a realistic environment where people get that, what they need. And so that's actually my first 
recommendation for you in terms of these six different tips that I have for you today. The first recommendation is to get teachers what they need. People who can do their jobs well and have support are happier than the people who cannot do their jobs well and do not have support. And this might look different depending on your role, but basically I want you to try to position yourself as a support person that they, they whatever support person they need, that's what you might need to be for a little while. Um, this could look like being realistic because if teachers are being faced with insurmountable odds and then they tell people that they're struggling or having a hard time with these things and people pretend that everything's okay and they have that toxic positivity. I don't know if you've seen that term online lately. I saw it recently and I loved it because it defined to me exactly what the problem with this fake positivity is. Sometimes we, we see people who are like, it's going to be fine. Just have faith. Everything's going to be great. And having faith is good and believing things can, can get better is good. But brushing people's concerns aside with this toxic positivity is not good because people are having valid concerns. So we want to be realistic and honor the challenges that they're going through. And we can actually serve as kind of a liaison to administration to get them the materials that they might need as well. So one thing you can do is kind of send out, you can send out a little Google form and see what people are struggling with, what are some of their challenges that they're having, and what materials would really make their lives easier. And then you can act as a go-between with your administration and say, you know what would really support this goal that we're working towards of student engagement is if we could invest in this for our teachers. I think that would go a long way towards helping them implement really strong engagement practices in their classroom. So if you can serve as that go-between and get them what they need to do their jobs well, that is a huge step in building morale because teachers who have what they need are more likely to be able to do their jobs. And teachers are often used to not having what they need, so getting what they need is a really great bonus, even though it should be the bare minimum, right? <laughs> Okay, the second tip that I have for you is to help teachers understand self-care. So sometimes coaches are not always the best at self-care. I know that I myself was not, and I wasn't great at it when I was a teacher either, but I also didn't have anybody trying to help me understand that at my school. And so it was kind of okay to burn yourself out and to work every day, you know, all night to come in on Saturdays. All those things were kind of expected. And I feel like if I had had someone help me understand a little bit about what I needed as a human being, maybe I would not have gotten quite so fried as quickly as I did. Um, so what you can do as a coach is help teachers understand self-care that will help them be in it for the long haul. So sometimes we feel like we're not doing a good job because we took off 30 minutes earlier than usual and we feel kind of guilty about that, like we're not being a great teacher. But the thing is, if I took off 30 minutes earlier today and maybe 30 minutes early a week from now, that's maybe an hour, right? That's a lot better than whenever I am so burned out on work that I refuse to do anything extra or whenever I've pushed myself so far that I end up on bed rest for two weeks or whatever the circumstances are, it happens. So we have to give people 
the space to take a little bit of time for themselves if they need it throughout the school year so they don't push themselves so far that they end up with the flu and bronchitis and pneumonia all at the same time and they're not able to get their job done at all. It's better to take a little time here and there than to have to take it all because you're really unwell. So one thing that you can do to kind of set up a little a habit of self-care for, for, for teachers is you can create um, like a little self-care station. And I used to have this in my coaching space when I was on a campus and teachers seemed to like it. Um, you can put different stuff in. It's just a little basket next to a sink usually. I had a sink in my classroom and I had one as well in an adjacent restroom. And I fixed up the restroom. I put a little shelf in there. I put some positive messages on little you know picture frames and stuff, printed them out and stuck them in there. I bought a couple things from um, Home Goods <laughs> and, and from... Um, uh, Marshalls and places like that, Ross, because they had good prices. And I put little decorative items on the walls, but I also put in the baskets some things that teachers could use just to take care of themselves throughout the day, like some kind of a body spray, um, a little uh, package of Kleenexes was always in there, like wet wipes were in there. Um, glass, like lens cleaning wipes would be a nice thing to add because I, my glasses are always a mess. So if somebody offers me a lens cleaning wipe, I always say yes. <laughs> Um, but little things that you can put in there to kind of give people a pick-me-up. Um, you can also throw in little, um, like the little Tide pens that you can use to clean spots on your clothing. Little things like that that just kind of help them get through the day and, and pause and take a second and take a breather. You can also do something, it's so simple, but people loved it, is I used to set up at the sink in my classroom where people would come to wash their hands um, frequently, or there was like a little mirror there and they could fix themselves up. I would always put out seasonal soap and seasonal um, lotion. And that doesn't sound like anything, <laughs> but people always commented on, Ooh, your soap is on point today. Whenever I had, you know, my pumpkin soap out on the first day of September, cause I was so excited. Um, so they, they noticed these kinds of things and it's just kind of a, something cheerful that you can do to raise your spirits and to say, Hey, it's okay to take care of yourself. You can also provide a self-care checklist. And I think this is a really good one, especially if you have people working from home or people who are on campus but are kind of isolated. You can, on your checklist, you can put things like drink water, move every day, eat healthy meals, take a break, do something you enjoy, things like that, to remind people of the things that they need to be doing every single day to take care of themselves no matter how crazy teaching is getting. Uh, you can also do self-care kits. And those make a really nice gift. I mean, we have, you know, a, a break coming up. Many people do give gifts around this time over the next month or so. And so you could create a little self-care kit with a little bottle of sanitizer, a little bottle of soap, maybe some hairspray or whatever, you know, people use a um, little package of Kleenexes. Everybody can get a little self-care kit that they can keep in their classroom or in their workspace at home if they're working virtually, just to give them a little um, a reminder that they need to take care of themselves. A reusable water bottle is a great gift because you can get them for a reasonable price at Walmart and they're actually really nice. I got a really nice one from Walmart that actually keeps my water cold for a really long time and it's a straw bottle, which I love. And I just, it, it was not expensive and it's probably one of the best quality ones that I've ever used. I was shocked. Um, but they're nice because they remind people to drink water and you can send out notices right now. It's your daily reminder to drink water today. You can also do, um, 
an accountability group. And some people are motivated by accountability groups. They like participating in things like that. So if you give them kind of a little scoreboard or challenge board where they can color in everything that they do every day to take care of themselves, all the things that they do for self-care, and then they can share that in the group, that's one way to motivate people to kind of keep that forefront in the front of their minds. So the second one is about building healthy habits and helping teachers understand self-care. My third tip is to really focus on building teams. And this can be really challenging, especially when your teams are all virtual or your teams are some of them in person, some of them are virtual. But whenever we have a really strong team, we feel like we belong. I remember whenever I was in the classroom and we used to have to take a survey called the best place to work survey. And one of the items on the survey was a statement you had to say whether you agreed with it or not or to what degree. And it said something like, someone cares about me at work. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a horrible question to have to put on a survey to imply that some people don't feel like anyone at work cares about them. That's terrible, right? But you know that that's true, that there are people who feel like nobody at work cares about them as a person. So we want to build really strong teams in order for co-teachers to support each other. And coaches are in that facilitator position where they can actually create that environment for team building. So a couple of things that you can do to build your teams are you can do team challenges or contests. And um, there are a few different ways that you can do that. One way is to go through like Flipgrid, an, an online service where you create a video stimulus and everybody else responds with a video as well. And so if you have a team challenge and every team can submit something, it doesn't really matter what the challenge is about. The point is that it's teamwork. They can all submit some sort of video and then they have to, uh, have to share videos from each person in the team and everybody's kind of accountable for contributing, then that's one way for teams to sort of kind of work together in a fun way. Think about what you might do in person during professional development. You kind of can translate some of those ideas to virtual environments. You can also do online team events. So for example, um, there's a, uh, there's a few, I don't know if you've seen Jackbox. Jackbox is a game service and you can host an online game night using games from Jackbox. Some of them are not uh, maybe work friendly. You'd have to definitely preview those first. You can also just create your own games and do Pictionary and games like um, Scrabble. I've actually played Scrabble virtually with someone and it totally worked. We each had our own Scrabble board and we made it work um, and we were just playing over Facebook and that it totally was effective and a great way to play Scrabble. You can also have teams participate in service projects. So for example, a friend of mine recently sent me a message that there's a virtual walk-a-thon event going on in my community. And so it's starting in a couple of weeks and it's a two week long event. So the idea is that every day for two weeks, you're supposed to do something that is physical fitness, you know, some sort of physically active activity for every day over two weeks. And you're supposed to submit a some sort of method of proof, like a photograph of something that shows what you did every single day. You do have to pay for the event because it's actually a fundraiser. So it's a kind of a neat service project that we can all sort of hold each other accountable for. And also you feel like you're doing something worthy because you're helping someone out with this fundraiser. Um, other service projects that a group of, of my colleagues and I have participated in is we've sponsored some graduating seniors and we created some specialized, some 
personalized baskets for them full of all different kinds of things that they would be able to use as uh, college freshmen or in their future lives. We have done work for the Humane Society and donated different items there. So every month we try to do a different service project and that has really brought us closer together. So that's a great way to build your teams is by having them participate in service projects together. So my fourth event, and fourth tip, I did talk a little bit about this, but I'll go into more depth about it. Virtual game nights are a great way to build teams. And so what you can do is you can invite your faculty to a virtual game night, and there are a couple of different ways to run it. You can have everybody who shows up play the same game, or you can have people choose the game they would like to play, and then send them out into different breakout rooms, like um, in, on Zoom or in Google Meets. You can use those breakout sessions. So a virtual game night, is best when you choose games that are easy, easy, easy to play online. You don't want anything too complicated because then it gets really frustrating. So you send out an invitation and you give everybody the link um, that they're going to log on with. And then a couple of activities that work really well, I mentioned earlier Pictionary is really great. You can actually use Classroom Screen for people to play Pictionary with. They can just um, you go to classroomscreen.com and then you can choose the drawing tool and they can use that as their Pictionary board so that they can draw images for other people to guess. That's a really good one. Um, but other games that are easy to play are like Would You Rather. You could do um, games that are already online like word puzzles and things like that and everybody can participate with those. So there are tons of fun ways for you to host a virtual game night and it's a fun way for teams to get together and kind of blow off some steam without everybody having to be in the same space, which is probably not a great idea. My fifth suggestion is a challenge, hosting a challenge. So one of the things that I do for our coffee and coaching members um, in our coaching membership site is every month we have a special challenge. To make a challenge board, all you need to do is think of a time frame that you would like people to complete the board by, and then think of a certain number of items of things that they need to do in order to complete the board. So for example, I complete, uh, created a self-care coaching challenge several months ago for coaches, and some of the items on the challenge board were create a positive affirmation to say every day, meal prep for the week, do one thing you enjoy just because, phone a friend who knows what your job is like, turn off your phone for one hour. Those were just a few of the items on the board. They had the whole month to complete it. And as they mark those items off, they would just color them in. And then by the end of the month, they could share their board. So what you can do is create a challenge board either for individuals or for teams, because this again can support your team building. And then you create a way, a method for them to turn it in. And if they take a picture and add it to a thread somewhere, they can email it to you. They can send it in a Google form as they complete each item. They can, you know, kind of uh, tell you a little bit about what they did for each thing. It depends on how you want them to turn that in. But the basic idea is that you're kind of motivating them to do stuff and you're giving them a, that sense of, of accomplishment whenever they complete the whole board. So you also want it to be things that are good for them to do and that are important for them to do. So if there's something that they have to do that they really don't want to do, stick it on the board. So like, you know, entering in grades or completing a certain quiz that they have to take 
at the beginning of the year, you know, how we have to take like those bloodborne pathogen quizzes and things like that. If they have to do some sort of task like that, stick it on the board and they can color it in and they at least get the reward of being able to say, look at me, I filled in my board. It's just kind of a motivating way to get people to do stuff they have to do. And then you can add in some special things that are just for them to do um, that can actually help build their morale and happiness. Like turning off their phone for an hour or baking something or making themselves a special lunch. Those are easy things that people can do to kind of take care of themselves and you can add those onto your boards. My last recommendation is you can host a virtual coffee break. And this depends on, of course, whether you're in person or virtual. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what you can do if you're in person in just a second. But if you are virtual, you can host a virtual coffee break by setting up a recurring Zoom link or a Google Meets link or whatever. <laughs> Everybody uses something different. And it could be maybe a once a week thing, maybe Friday afternoon, almost like a happy hour um, or a Friday morning, sometime whenever you know teachers might have a few minutes in between their schedules. And you can leave that, that window open and just kind of create an area where people can pop in and just chat and talk for a few minutes and then go back to what they were doing, just like they would if they were at work. They might pop by during their conference if you have a coffee maker in the lounge to pick up some coffee or to buy a soda. Um, and you kind of miss out on all that stuff whenever you are working from home. Believe me, you really do. It's kind of lonely. So if you can create an, a space, a virtual space where people can have kind of a quick little dialogue or conversation, that's a nice way to create a sense of normalcy and community that could be helpful to them. If you're in person, you can actually set up a nice little coffee and treats station because who doesn't love special whipped cream to put on their coffee or a couple of special treats that they can have, little cookies or something that they can have on their way back to their room. So just these are a couple of different things that you can do to create a virtual or in-person coffee break time. Um, that kind of honors that teachers are people and they need to take a break sometimes and we need to see other people and communicate. So those are my six ideas for building morale as a coach. Um, that again was step one, get them what they need. Tip two, help them understand self-care and give them ideas to do that and tools. Three, focus on building teams. Four, host a virtual game night. Five, create challenges, monthly challenges. And six, host a virtual coffee break or an in-person coffee break if you're in person. So these are some of the ideas that um, can help you build morale with your teachers, especially if they are teaching virtually right now and they're feeling kind of lonely and isolated and also just down and overwhelmed. And even if they're in person, because this has been a really tough year and it's okay to acknowledge that. So I want to hear from you if you use any of these strategies. I would love to see a quick picture um, where you talk about your strategy on Instagram. You can share it and tag me at Buzzing with Miss B so I can see exactly how you're implementing these ideas. My next episode is exciting. I am actually interviewing Kay Valdez and we are talking about anti-bias education. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. It's such an important topic and I feel like Depending, some schools have done a really great job of sharing this information with people, but not all of them have. So this could be a really great place for you to start learning about this topic if you haven't already. And so I look forward to sharing that with you next week. Happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Oh,